I was doing pastorly things. Get on up here. All right. Well, good morning. Let's all stand together and begin our worship service this morning. Delighted to have you in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Lord's Day. Amen. I know there are threatened storms and rain. We need rain. Hey, I, I, I'm good. I'm, well, I, I'm, I'm just saying, bring it on. Just the storms. Let's not have the storms and everything else. So let's start off. We're going to do all Christmas stuff today. Let's start off with uh, joyful, joyful. So just put a smile on your face. Wave at somebody right quick. House of the Lord. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you this morning. You may be seated. Delighted again to have all of you here. Uh, just let me take care of some uh, housekeeping stuff this morning. 
uh, as we continue on uh, with our worship. Remember this evening at 5.30, we'll be having our children's uh, Christmas program and uh, CC under direction of CC McClam. Uh, they've worked hard at it. So uh, I, know, I know it's supposed to be stormy this afternoon, uh, but don't let that keep you away. Uh, just, just come. I can't better think of a better place to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? And, um, but anyway, 5.30, and also bring some finger food. Uh, and if you don't know what finger food is, don't chop off any fingers to get, get any of that, you know. Uh, just bring anything you want to bring, and uh, we'll put it all together and join some fellowship after the Christmas play uh, this afternoon. Uh, then there will be no adult class uh, Wednesday evening, this coming Wednesday evening, no adult class, but the children will be gathered, and I think they're going to do a movie night uh, for the kids and the praise team. We're going to be practicing at 7 o'clock, so y'all y'all know 7 o'clock. I hadn't told them that yet there. Uh, so we're going to be practicing at 7 o'clock uh, on Wednesday evening. Uh, Friday uh, at noon, there's going to be a friendly seniors Christmas luncheon. That is anyone, if you consider yourself a senior, you're welcome to come. Paul has sent some invitations out, uh, but uh, you're welcome to come. Join us at 11.30 in the Friendship Hall uh, for that uh, time of, uh, of gathering for our uh, friendly seniors. Uh, also on the 20th, that's Wednesday, the 20th, at, uh, we gather at 6.45. Caroling will start at 7 o'clock, a virtual Christmas caroling. Uh, so we invite you to come, really would love, those of you who have children, I know our children are in the back, so you don't see children very often here, uh, but if children, we'd love to have some children, as I've told you, I will tell you again, a prerequisite for being part of this virtual Christmas caroling is not your ability to sing. Uh, if you, I've got, I think we'll have enough that can carry the tune in the bucket. Uh, those of you who can't carry your tune in the bucket, you just come and hold the bucket for us. And uh, if you can smile, if you can be a warm body, uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, and so we really actually, we, we really, really minister to, to a lot of people through this and reach so many more people by doing the virtual Christmas caroling as, as opposed to going out. We can reach so many more people. Uh, so please remember that. And then on December uh, the 24th, which is two weeks from this morning, we will be celebrating Christmas Eve together as a, as a family. As I told you, please take note, 10 o'clock, not 1030, 10 o'clock. I'm trying to give you a little extra time for those of you having family events. Uh, at 10 o'clock, we're going to gather. Uh, everybody's going to be in the sanctuary. Kids, everybody's going to be in the sanctuary. And so I'll have something for the kids. Uh, we're also we're having communion. We'll be having uh, singing. Uh, and so it'll just be an hour of worship and fellowship and enjoy as we're preparing ourselves for the advent of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that'll be two weeks. And also I requested, if you, if you have something Christmassy, if you have something Christmassy, uh, wear that. If you got an ugly, if it's cold enough, if you got an ugly Christmas sweater, if you got a pretty Christmas sweater, uh, if you've got something that I have Christmas now, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to worry about that. And if you want something Christmas and you don't have anything, let me know and I'll loan you something. Uh, I've got a drawer full of socks for men, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll loan you something for Christmas. Uh, but, but, but if you don't have anything, don't go out and buy anything. 
but let's, come, let's just make it a festive morning and uh, celebrating uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's, that's all the things we've got going on uh, for the next couple of weeks. And again, we're delighted to have you in the house of the Lord today. All of you have come and those who join us uh, via uh, Facebook or uh, YouTube or either our website. We're delighted to have you as part of our celebration today as well. Now we're, uh, we're, uh, we're going to switch gears and go back into our worship service uh, as we're going to be lighting the, uh, the candles for our Advent. Uh, the first candle that we lighted for Advent is referred to as the prophet's candle. And today we're going to light the second candle, which is referred to as the Bethlehem candle, which represents... Now, I, I, see, I, I didn't grow up doing this. I didn't, I didn't grow in a church that did all this stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm having to learn about, after all these years, I'm having to learn about Advent and, and how, uh, how churches celebrate. Uh, the Bethlehem candle, I've, I've, I've noticed there's three different things that are used for this. Uh, peace, love, or faith. Whichever one you want, choose, choose, choose whichever one. Uh, it all works. Uh, but that's what it's going to represent. And so to give a scriptural foundation today, we're going to look at some more words of hope uh, from uh, the, uh, or, or, or a peace and love and faith from the prophet Isaiah as it relates to the coming Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 40, beginning uh, reading the first 11 verses, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says our God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem, and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh, shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all of its loveliness like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of the Lord stands forever. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the mountain, into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold our God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a mighty hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd, and he will gather the lamb with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Now, you have to understand the whole context of that, but uh, the prophet is really talking about the deliverance of the nation of Israel. And, uh, and it and also applies to us, our deliverance as well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in response to this, let's all stand together again, and we're going to do uh, two more Christmas classics. Uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and one of my favorite, my all-time favorite Christmas is Silent Night. 
I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For he's born unto you this day in the city of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. That, that's it until the end, okay? Amen. That, 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 that just doesn't get any better. That it is just so, so, such a special song. And a song that many people across the world love. Uh, one thing I, I failed to mention, I don't know why I failed to mention this. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we're going to be having, uh, our, our adults are going to be doing uh, a Christmas presentation. Uh, it'll be, it's, it's kind of a mini cantata. Uh, it's not really a cantata uh, by definition, uh, but there's going to be a lot of narration. Uh, there will be um, singing. We have about 10 songs we're going to be doing uh, next Sunday morning uh, with scripture and some thoughts along with that. So it'll be a great time to invite somebody to come with you uh, and, uh, and, and, and let them come to the house of the Lord and hear, hear the message in a different way. Uh, now we want to go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we, we need to pray. I'm telling you, we have got more sick folks, and you can shake it. it as I said, it tis the season, and uh, so we've got, we've got several that uh, are out sick with just a variety of things, with flu, and they're just a common cold, and uh, 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 conjunctivitis, and uh, it just goes on and on and on. So we need to pray uh, for all of those that are sick. We certainly want to remember uh, CC uh, and those that are, they're putting on the program this afternoon, praying for them and uh, asking for God's blessings upon and anointing upon them. It takes a lot to do this, and it takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. Uh, see, I, I deal with the adults. I don't deal with kids. And because uh, I would have them all strung up, they would be they would be Christmas ornaments uh, around the church. You become finding your child hung uh, somewhere uh, in in here. So that's the reason they don't put me in charge of children and to do those kind of things. But it's a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful blessing. Uh, so let's be praying for all of those. Uh, Miss Molly McClam, let's continue to pray for her. And uh, she is at Bella Rose still, right? She, she's still at Bella Rose. And uh, so let's start remember her uh, in our prayers. Mr. Harold Clifton, let's continue to lift him up in prayer. He always needs prayer and ask for God's blessing upon his life. Uh, and there's, um, there's many, many others uh, that we want to um, lift up before the Lord. If you have a prayer need, you just want to lift a hand before the Lord. 
God knows all of those, and uh, we'll remember those. Uh, we're, uh, Meredith was given a praise report to her, her knee. She's been having such foot and knee problems, but her knee is much better, and they're working on that foot to try to uh, give some relief to that. So we're rejoicing in that and thanking God uh, for that as, uh, as well. Uh, I was just so thankful yesterday uh, Paul and I hosted uh, my sisters and their mates and two of my cousins uh, that uh, they, I, we invite every, every Christmas to come and join us. And uh, as we were praying uh, the, the blessing over the meal and just thinking about the miracles because y'all have prayed so much for uh, two members of my family and they both send their appreciation and their thanks uh, for all the prayers for my brother-in-law, Dennis, uh, he's doing so much better, and he is uh, healing. And my cousin Becky, uh, who has been suffering from uterine cancer, and she is so much better. She was able to join us uh, this year, and uh, so it was just—it was just a very emotional time for all of us. And thanking God for His blessings. And and uh, Becky, and she may be listening in, I, but uh, but she was she was telling me she said. I, I, one service, you were praying for me, and I heard you praying for me, and she said, I just cried and cried and cried and cried. Uh, so God hears our prayers. God knows what we need, and God will respond as we pray into him. Uh, it's, it's, if anyone needs special prayer this morning, uh, that you would like to come and be anointed, uh, this is what this time is for. We'll be glad you can just come forward. And we'll be more than glad to lay hands on you and pray over you and ask for God's blessings, whatever your need may be. Is there anyone that has, needs special prayer this morning you'd like to come forward? If not, let's all join together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day that you have given unto us. Father, Lord, I just thank you, God, for everything this day may hold. Because that's what you tell us in the Word of God. You tell us in everything to give thanks. So, Father, Lord, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, God, there are needs that we have among us, and, Lord Jesus, that we need to pray for. Father, Lord, for everyone that is sick this day, God, we lift them up before you, Crystal DeBrawl, and, Lord, her son, James. Lord, we pray. God, for them as they are, are suffering from conjunctivitis. And, Lord, we pray that they're going to be much better today. Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, that you will touch Miss Molly. Continue, Lord, to bless her and minister, Lord, unto her. Father, Lord, we pray for Susan Langdon, God, whose blood pressure is just uh, out of the roof. God, we pray, God, that you will touch her and, God, bring deliverance to Susan. Bring deliverance to her life, deliverance that she needs, oh God, that, Lord, that you will be with her. Katrina, God, we pray for Katrina this morning, that, God, that you will touch her, Lord, as she is, uh, uh, whatever the common things that are going on right now, that, Lord, that she's suffering from, that you will bless her. And, God, give her that voice that, uh, that she needs, because we need her next week, and we need Susan next week as well. And Father, Lord, we pray, uh, Lord, for Cheryl, the God, that you will touch her. And whatever's going on with Cheryl, Lord, bless her and be with her. And God, give her body that strength that it needs. 
And Father, I pray, God, that you will bless all of our dear children, Lord. Bless those that are in the program this evening, that, Lord, that you will be with them and, Lord, touch them and give them strength. And, Father, Lord, just minister, Lord, your wonderful power, Lord, to all of them. And Cece, and, Lord, those that are working with her, that, God, that you will bless them and, Lord, minister unto them. And, Lord, this presentation they give will be a blessing to us. And, God, that it may touch somebody's heart and somebody's soul and somebody's life. Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you will test, uh, touch all of our Christmas festivities and activities and things that we're doing. And, Lord, never help us to never lose sight, Lord, of you and all you have for us. Thank you, God, for your blessings. Lord Jesus, I pray that, God, that you will touch Angela, Lord, that you will be with her, and that, God, that you will minister, Lord, into her physical affliction and her back. God has been giving her trouble. And, Lord, that you will, Lord, help her. God, Billy Beasley, will lift him up before you. And, Lord, as he is battling this cancer, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, for Mr. Harold Clifton, God, that you will minister unto him. And, Lord, bless him. And Miss Pat Smith, God, and touch Pat, Lord, you know, Lord, what she's going through in the season of life she's in right now. Thank you, God, Lord, for the prayers we have prayed and we have seen answers to those prayers. Lord, for Mary, the Lord touching her, I know she's still got a ways to go, but Lord, I thank you, Lord, for giving a touch of grace and a touch of mercy, and Lord, at least alleviating part of her pain, and the other procedures they're doing, Lord, will work, and that God, that she can avoid this major surgery altogether. Father, I pray, God, that you will, Lord, just help us, Lord, as we bind together as one in you. But, Lord, you are the great God. You're the almighty God. You're the everlasting God. You're the prince of peace. You're the king of kings. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the reason why we live. You're the reason for this season. And, Lord, we just want to give you praise and honor and glory for everything that you have done. And, Lord, anyone that I failed to mention this morning, God, you know their needs. You know what they stand in need for. And those that raised your hand, God, put a blessing, add a blessing, give a measure of grace and mercy unto them, that God that only you can give. And now, Lord, bless the message this morning. Help me, Lord, to preach it. Help me to minister the Word of God, Lord, and to the people that are here and those that are listening in. And, Lord, we'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it all. In the name, the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we ask it. Amen and amen. Amen. This morning, uh, we're going to take and uh, we're going to be looking at the Christmas story uh, just a little bit, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful story. Excuse me. You know, and, 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 and the Christmas story is the Christmas story. Uh, there is, it's, hard to, it's hard to say it in a different way. We can take different angles to it and, and different perspectives to it. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. And, and I, I just feel compelled as a pastor that during the Christmas season to share things with you, hopefully give you some perspective. I, I can't share anything new with you. I can't, there's just nothing new to share about this age-old story, but I can hopefully give you some perspective, something to think about, something that might help you a little bit to put some focus from your own perspective into this, uh, into this Christmas season. 
You know, sometimes I, I, I think about that we probably focus on all the wrong things when it comes to Christmas. Oh, we, you know, I don't know, I don't know if we say, oh, we, we, it's about Jesus, we know it's about Jesus. But then sometimes the way we act and what we do, and it, it, it looks like it's about everything but Jesus. So, again, let's, let's try to refocus here just for a moment. Now, again, as I've already said, this Christmas story is such a delightful story. It's, it's such a wonderful story. It's a fantastic story. And it's a story about angels and shepherds. It's about wise men that saw a star that initiated for them an incredible journey uh, that, that literally changed their lives. It's, about, it's a story about an ancient uh, village and an ancient land. It's a simple story about the birth of Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Messiah of the nation of Israel and of the whole world. The birth of Jesus itself is such a fantastic story. It's a story so fantastic you can only believe it by faith. Because let me tell you something, it's hard to believe. Uh, you know, if we were living in that day, or if it was Jesus was coming in this day, and one of our young girls would come in and announce, I'm pregnant, but I've never been with a man. Jesus, the angel, appeared to me and told me I was going to have a baby, and I'm going to, be God, I'm going to have God's baby. You know what we would do? We would laugh her under the table and scorn her to shame. You liar. So it's a fantastic story. And so it's something you've got to believe. It's, it's faith has to come in. Faith has to operate in all of these things. You know, when Jesus was, was born, he was born, declared the king of the Jews. The king of kings, we refer to him even now. But yet Jesus was not born in a royal palace. He was not laid in a, in, in a, in a, in a crib of, of gold and, and, uh, and, and, and bedecked with all kind of precious stones. His parents were not wealthy uh, landowners, but they were just poor, simple peasant people of that day. And for, it's for these reasons and many more that for me the story of Christmas has never lost its appeal. And it's as beautiful today as it was the first time I ever heard this story. And I don't remember the first time I heard it. I know it's just a little child. But in reality, I, the story of Christmas means more to me now than when I was a child. Because when I was a child, it was about Santa Claus. It was about presents. It was about reindeers. It was about, I mean, how many of you have ever, now let's just be honest now. You don't have to, you don't have to say, how many of you have ever heard the sleigh bells ringing? You know, most of us as children, we want it to happen so much, we literally can hear. I remember as a child laying in bed, and I could hear the sleigh bells. So, but as now, as an adult, I realize, especially when I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, I've come to know what the story is all about. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so, as we look at it this morning... We're, we're going we're gonna to look at this from the angle of Mary, okay? We're going to look at the story from the vantage point of Mary for just a little bit this morning. And to do that, let's read the Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2, 19 verses here. But let's listen to it. You've heard it many times. You'll hear it many times during the seasons. I'll, I'll read it a few more times during the season, but it's a great story. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. 
and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought first forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary... Now, listen to this. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'd also like to, this last uh, phrase here, I'd like to share it with you out of the New Living Translation. It says the same thing, but it's just a little bit, uh, terminology a little different. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Mary pondered or she kept the things that happened around her in, her in her heart. Now, this had to be a confusing time. Can you imagine? Now, many of us believe that Mary may have been somewhere between 15, 17 years of age. Now, that's young. That's young, and I don't care what generation you come from. Having a baby at 15, that's young. Even at 17. That is, that, that is, can, can you imagine all the things, and she, she not understand it. You know, next week, uh, Susan Lane, if all works well, uh, is going to be singing uh, that, that song, Mary, Did You Know, Mark Lowry's song. It's a beautiful song. I heard, this is, it just sort of pierced my heart, on, on television, one of these news programs, uh, some of these uh, commentators talking about that Mary, did you know, is one of the worst songs that has ever been written. And their argument was, of course she knew. But she didn't. There's a difference. She knew what the angel had told her. She knew what the proclamation was. She knew those things. But when I listen to that song, what I'm hearing is, is not Mary, did you know, but Mary, did you understand? There's a difference. There's a difference between knowing something and understanding it. Yes, Mary knew what the angel said to her. Mary understood the plan of God. Mary knew the plan of God. Did she understand it? 
I'm going I'm to contend to you this morning, no, she did not understand it. She didn't understand everything that was going to happen. She, the, the angel appeared to her. She never, she never questioned, is this the will of God? What she questioned was, how is this going to happen? This is impossible. This impo- I cannot have a baby. I've not done anything to have a baby. I've, not been in, I've never known a man. I've never been with a man. So how can I have a baby? That's the only thing she questioned. It's not the what. She questioned the how of all of that. And then Joseph. You, it's just about poor Joseph. He gets the word that Mary is pregnant. He's thinking Mary's been messing around behind his back. So he, being a just man, according to what the Word of God says, wanted to put her away privately. Even though they were not married as of yet, they had not come together as a married couple, they were still betrothed to one another, and in that system was just as binding as a marriage was. And so it took an angelic visit to convince him that everything was kosher. And that, and that, and that, that Mary hadn't been messing around. This was the will of God. Have you, ever, have you ever been in situations in your life? Yeah, you ask the question, God, what are you up to? God, what are you doing? I don't understand all of this. I don't understand everything that's happening around me. But you're in these difficult times, that's when our faith really has to kick in. For Mary and Joseph accepted the mission and the plan and the purpose of God by faith. And that's what we call a walk of faith. Faith is not understanding. Faith is believing that this is what God has purposed. Now, when I took note of this statement about Mary... I was compelled to ask the question, what did Mary keep in her heart? What, what was there, what it was there about the situation? There was a lot. Now, the word in the original language that is translated into the English as, uh, as keep, it means to keep closely together to remember. I believe that Mary made a conscious effort to remember everything that was happening to her. I believe she rehearsed the sayings of everybody that came along again and again and again until she had put it into memory. I believe that's the reason we have such a vivid picture of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I believe it was Mary who told Luke, who wrote all of this. I believe Mary told Luke the story. That's where he got the story from, was from Mary herself. Now, I can't validate that, but I believe that's where he got it from. He heard Mary tell the story of all that happened to her. So for just for a moment, let's, let's think about some of the things that Mary kept into her heart about Jesus. And then also throughout all this, what I want you to do is I want you to think about what do you keep in your heart about Christmas? Now to do this, I'm going to divide this up in four segments. The first segment we start with is the angelic appearance or visitation. Now, according to Luke, an angel by the name of Gabriel was sent to Mary with a very specific uh, uh, message. Gabriel first revealed to Mary that she was highly favored or had been chosen by God for this special privilege. Now, why? Why was Mary chosen? 
You know, I'm going to give you a simple answer. God only knows. Was Mary the only righteous girl of that time? No. Was Mary the only one that could take it and, and be the bearer of God's son? No. There were other girls that were just as righteous as Mary. There were other girls that were just as holy as Mary. There was other girls that had kept herself, their, themselves pure as Mary had done. Why Mary was chosen among all the others, I don't know. That's up to God. That is His plan. That is His purpose. Just like today, God chooses people to do all kinds of things. And some people sometimes wonder, why didn't God choose me? I don't know. I've asked the question, well, God, why didn't you choose me for that? Well, God knows what's inside of us that we don't even know about ourselves. And then there's been sometimes God shows me to do things, and I'm thinking, Lord, why me? Why, why have you chosen me for this task? I've questioned that about, about being a pastor all of my life, all of my life since I've been born again, and I've been called to the ministry. I've questioned again and again, God, why did you call me? This is not what I wanted to do. This is not what I wanted to be. This is, I, you know, I've, I've said it, and I've said it many times. I'd just as soon be off in the corner somewhere. I'd just soon be working and nobody ever see anything that I ever do. I've never been one to be out front, in front of people and stuff like that. But God, God knows what he's doing, even though we question it sometimes. Now, the second thing that, that, that God through the angel revealed to Mary is she was going to have a baby. And again, she never questioned about what was going on, but how would it go on. Mary didn't understand all of these things. Now, the third thing the angel revealed to Mary was the name of the baby. You shall call his name Jesus. Now, Gabriel further revealed the character of her son. Gabriel declared that Jesus would be great, which implies that he would do great things. Jesus also would be called the son of the highest. Mary did understand that this meant that this baby she was going to bear was going to be the long-awaited Messiah that the, the nation of Israel had been looking for for generation after generation. The angel continued on to say that he was destined to be a king because he would sit on the throne of King David. Again, another affirmation that the baby she was going to bear would be ultimately the Jewish Messiah. And then Mary, again, as she was, as she was, as she was uh, pondering these things, she asked that, again that question, how can this be? And the angel revealed to her that it was going to be a supernatural act of God where he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One that is, that is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, what always amazes me about this story is that it didn't take Mary a day, a month, a year, years to say, okay, I'll do it. She accepted the challenge right then. She didn't say like most of us, go to someone, can you do this? Well, let me pray about it first. She didn't have to pray about it. She didn't have, she said, 
This is God's will. She did it right then and there. Now, then that, that brings us to the second category here. And that is the, the birth of Jesus. There's a proclamation of that he's going to be born. And now we come to the birth. Now, at about the time Jesus is ready to be delivered, a lot of unusual things begin to happen. Caesar Augustus gives the issue of a census to be taken. Everybody had to go back to their ancestral homeland, their ancestral city to be counted in the census. That's the reason Mary and Joseph left Nazareth to go down to Bethlehem because they were both descendants of David, and the city of David, the place of David's ancestral birth, was the city of Bethlehem. When they get there, the place is teeming. Now, those, if you've ever been to Israel, if you haven't, let me tell you, it is small. It is compact. And you put a lot of people in there, I mean, it is like shoulder to shoulder, and it, it is just a small, small place. And now you've got pilgrims from all over coming in. Lodging is, is, is scarce at the very best. When they get there, so many people are already there. There's no place for them to get a room. There's no place for them to go. The only suggestion anybody could give to them, the innkeeper gives to it, I've got a stable, you can go over there. Now, that's not the place you think of a baby being born. But in this circumstance, it probably was the best place. God probably chose the very best place for his son to be born is in this stable. At least the animals were not drunken and brawling. It was fairly quiet and peaceful. It was probably, literally, it was probably cleaner than the inn was with all the debauchery that was going on. And so it turned out to be a perfect place for Jesus to be born that particular night. Now, <clears throat> for Mary and Joseph, the birth, we assume, was a peaceful event. Now, if as peaceful as it can be. I've never given birth, but I've been through two with my wife. And I know, I mean, I know what little bit I know, and it is a little bit. It hurts. The best thing I can liken it to is I've had a twisted gut, and it hurts, and it hurts a lot. So, and just, just think about it. She has no gas. She has no epidural. She has nothing to cut the pain, and she has no midwife. The only thing she has is Joseph to help deliver her baby and the aid of God. And they did it, they did it together. Now, so, 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 but can you imagine, just think about it. Here they are, they're in that state, a cave. That's where they, they were in a cave. They don't know what's going on outside that cave. They don't know about the angelic appearances that have happened. They don't know about the shepherds that are out there. And can you imagine when, I don't know how long it was in between when she actually delivered, 
and the shepherds made their way and found the stable where they were at. But can you imagine the amazement of Mary and Joseph when somebody peers in into that dark, probably just a few candles or some oil lamp burning, and they peer around, and they say, who are you? We've come to see the baby. Now, it never says what the shepherd said. They never said, the story doesn't tell us what they said to Mary and Joseph. All we know is, in that moment, these rough, rugged, stinking shepherds that smell like sheep, you know what? In an act of worship, bow down in awe and reverence to that little baby. And then, we don't know what they said beforehand, but we know what they did afterwards. After they got up and they went back into the night, they told everybody they'd come up with about this fantastic thing that happened to them. And they give God the praise and the glory for it all. What a, what a wonderful thing. But Mary, it says, kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, that leads me to the third, third, third movement here. Now let's fast forward eight days. Jesus has been born eight days according to the Jewish custom. Every male child that was, that was born, they would be circumcised on the eighth day and dedicated unto God. So eight days later, Mary and Joseph, now, it, it really isn't that far of a journey between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. But they made their way with an eight-day-old baby. Some of, you, some of you women are hurting right now. They made their way, and they found themselves in the temple in Jerusalem for the dedication. And in that, another miraculous thing happened. Another unusual event. There is an old man by the name of Simeon. And Simeon had been given a promise by the Holy Spirit that he would not taste death until he had seen the Lord's anointed, the Messiah. Now, we're not told how he figured this out. But he was in the temple when Mary and Joseph came in. And all I can reason is, when he laid his eyes on that couple, you would assume Jesus is going to be wrapped up. And he lays eyes on Mary and that baby. And he said, now, if you don't understand this, I'm going to use the term. It's the only term I know to use. There was an unction. There was a, mm, of the Holy Spirit. Punch it. Simeon, Simeon, Simeon. That's him. That's the one. And this old man goes up to this young mama. And I don't know what happened. I don't know the exchange. But she hands that baby over to him. And when she hands that baby over to him, this is what, this is what Simeon declares. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace 
according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. It says, and Joseph and Mary and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, he directly looked at Mary and said, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Then notice there's a, there's a parenthetical statement here. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary, in this moment, for the first time, heard something she had not heard before. Up to this time, everything about the birth of Jesus was a positive thing. But now she hears something negative. This little boy, this son of yours, is going to be cause of great pain and suffering for you. Do you think Mary understood that? All she knew, she was going to be the bearer of God's son to deliver the Messiah. Nobody said anything about crucifixion. Nobody said anything about death and rejection. And so now, some 30 years later, when finally men became so angry and so vile and so wicked and so hard-hearted against the plan and the work of God, they killed her baby. And those of you that are parents, you know this right well. When your children hurt, you hurt. When they're in pain and trouble, you're in pain and you're in trouble. Mary didn't understand all of that, but she would come to know it because she was there when they hung him on the cross. She wept. And Jesus looked down from that cross and looked at John, his disciple, and said, Behold. He looked at Mary and said, Behold your son. And he looked at John and said, Behold your mother. And Jesus gave his mother into the charge of John. She understood the hurt and the pain. Even though she knew the plan of God, it still, she had a broken heart. Now let's project 12 years down the road from the birth of Jesus Christ. Again, we find Mary and Joseph and Jesus in the city of Jerusalem for the Passover, which they had probably attended many times before. Passover being ended. Now remember, in that day, travel was hazardous. Most people traveled in caravans for protection and for safety. Now I've never quite understood this, but we find that Mary and Joseph, they, go, they get in the caravan, make an assumption that Jesus is traveling along with them Three days down the road, they realize he ain't there. Now, you mamas, can you imagine, first of all, can you imagine going three days and not even knowing where your young'un's at? 
But they, they just assumed he's in the crowd somewhere. Then they had to make that arduous journey back to Jerusalem after three days. And they find him. You know where they find him at, right? They find him in the temple. He is instructing the scribes and the, and the religious leaders of that day. And Mary is mad as a wet setting hen. Now, if you don't understand that terminology, she was just pretty mad. She was going to peck somebody's head. She's going to fly in somebody's face. And says, so when they saw him, when they found him, they saw him, they said they were amazed. And his mother said to him, I'm going to say it like I think Mary said it. Son, why? Why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. What are you thinking? That's my word. And he said to them, well, why did you seek me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? <laughs> now, my mama would accept that. And notice, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and subjected them. But his mother kept all of these things in her heart. See, for the first time along this fantastic journey that Mary was on, she realized that there was two sides of this. There was a positive side and there was a negative side. For the first time, Mary's faith was not guiding her, her emotions. And her, and her natural instincts were guiding her. But nevertheless, Mary gives us a wonderful example to follow. Mary didn't understand everything that was going on, but she kept all these things in her heart, and she valued them as treasures, precious treasures that will ultimately come be the best treasures she had ever had and be her most valuable possessions of her life. You know... When God does something special for us, they become treasures. You see, nobody, nobody could take what Mary had about Jesus away from her. Nobody could rob her of that. It's better than gold and silver. Now, so, so, so that's, that's, that's the forward movement. Now, let, let's stop for just a moment to finish this up. And, and think about some lessons that we can learn for our own selves from Mary and what, what happened in her own experience. So just ask the question, what does this mean for us today? Okay, that was Mary. That was in that moment. But what is it, what is it how does it apply to us? Well, let me, let me, just, let me just, just tell you some things I jotted down. First of all, first of all Mary taught us the blessings of obedient faith. Mary, even though she didn't understand everything, by faith she accepted it. By faith she went along with the plan of God. So she was obedient in her faith. I think we need to learn that same thing. So often we, force the, we forfeit the blessings of God because we're not obedient to Him. How many times have we forfeited the blessings of God because we would not do what He asked us to do? And then another lesson, she taught us that we do not have to fully understand 
all that God is doing. But by faith, we can accept it and be used by him. That, that, to me, that's one of the most relieving things in, out of the, all of this, that I don't have to understand it all. I don't have to have the rhyme. I don't have to have the reason. I don't have to have all of those things. I can just be obedient to it. I can walk by faith in it. And then I can, I can just, 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 God's going to take care of the rest of it. You know, there, I've, I've met some people along the way. You, some of you may be one of those. I'm, I'm not sure. They're They're waiting. They're just waiting for God to do something. They're waiting for, for, they're, they're waiting for that right time, for that right moment, for, for that right feeling, for whatever it is. They just, just keep on waiting. Let me tell you, what I've, what I've discovered, what I've learned, folks like that, just, you're just going to keep on waiting. Because you're going to miss opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because you're waiting for what you want and not walk what God's got for you. Sometimes we just have to quit the waiting, and we just have to, we have to step up and just do what God, whether we understand it or not. Mary also taught us that a obedient faith has both a positive and a negative side to it. Mary rejoiced, she sang, she danced, she glorified God, but at the same time, when she heard that prophecy, about her son. And then when she saw him suffer on the cross, she felt the pain of all of that. See, same thing applies to us. Sometimes following the plan of God, there's positive and negative sides, but sometimes there's pain and suffering in it. Sometimes there's anguish and, and, and hardships and difficulties that come along with that. And then, then, and then finally, Mary taught us where to look for the true treasures of life. True treasures of life is, I, I, I guarantee, is, 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 is not what you think it is. Some people say, well, if I could just, if I could just win that lottery, if I could just win that million dollars, if I just had $10,000, if I just had a new husband, or a new wife. If I just had better children, I'd just get me a better job. See, we think treasures in, in all of those things. Just get me a new house. I'll be happy. How many times have your children ever told you, Mom and Dad, if you'll just get me this, I'll be happy. You better be glad you won't raise by me. Because my children always tell me, Daddy, if you'll just buy me this, I'll be happy. No, you won't. No, you won't. That will not make you happy. Follow Jesus Christ, that'll make you happy. They don't like that business, you know. But the true treasure, true treasure, She found her son, Jesus Christ. And we need to find that same treasure for us. Let me tell you. And I, 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 don't, I don't, we use this statement, but it comes, it's biblical. It's a biblical statement. 
You need Jesus in your heart, not just in your mind. If Jesus is just in your mind, he's in the wrong place. You need to get him from your mind. You need to get him to your heart. You say, well, how do you, how do you know that? You see, it says in the Scriptures, again, that Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. And I believe Jesus learned the value of the heart experience from his mama. You say, well, what do you base that on? Let me give you, let me give you uh, here about four scriptures. I'll come out of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said, for they shall see God. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, Jesus also said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 12 and 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure heart will bring forth evil things. And then Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Where's your treasure at? What do you treasure about Christmas? I remember as a boy growing up, maybe I'm just, I'm weird. I thought I was weird. But then I realized that I'm, I had the same, I had this experience, the same thing a lot of other people were experiencing. How many of you, when Christmas is over with, you feel let down? You just, that's sober. You know, I don't feel that anymore. Because if I don't get a single gift, Christmas is still here. As long as I got my family, I've got my good health. And even if I don't have my good health, it may be just a ticket to the best Christmas present I ever had. You see, Christmas is not about what we get. And if that's all it is for you, you're going to be let down. I know I've said this in other Christmas settings. Might as well say it again today. How many of you ever, with your children, to open up presents... Christmas morning, whenever you, however, however you do that. And when all the presents are open, they look at you and say, thank you, Mom and Dad. No. Is that all? <laughs> Is that it? Any no more? You see, if that's all Christmas, that's all is within your heart, is that stuff, you're always going to be filled. You're always going to feel let down, disappointed, disillusioned. But if Jesus is there, look, I had two parents that died at Christmas time. 
Now, my daddy was one story. My mama was another. Matter of fact, yesterday marked what, my, the 10th, 9th, marked the 9th uh, anniversary of my mom's death, December the 9th. My dad died on December the 15th, about 30-some years apart from each other. Christmas has never been sad because of that. You know why? Because I got wonderful memories of a mom and daddy. <laughs> What's to be sad about? They died at Christmas. What better time? Matter of fact, I shouldn't tell you this, I'm going to tell you anyway. This is what I wore to my mama's funeral, what I got on today. Same vest, same tie. I preached her funeral. I did my mama's funeral. It was all decked out on Christmas. Christmas tree, everything. We had a Christmas, we had a, a Christmas theme funeral. Because she loved Christmas. Who was sad? Because look, I'd rather be doing my mama's funeral to see her laid in that bed suffering. It's not sad. That's rejoicing times. Amen. What do you treasure in your heart? If you don't have Jesus there, the only way to get him there is ask him. Come into my heart. A little song, come into my heart, come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in to stay, come in what I can't remember the rest of it. Beautiful song. The praise team, join me up on, on, on the platform. We've got one more song we're going to do. To sing this, this is, a, this is a song we actually introduced to you last year. I think it was last year. <clears throat> it's called Emmanuel. A little bit different. It's a beautiful song. We're going to sing that again for you this morning. So the praise team gets in place. Won't you stand with me? Let's all stand together. Father, I ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that, Lord, as we have studied and we've looked at the life of Mary, the bearer of God's Son, Lord, the biggest takeaway I can get from this is we need Jesus in our heart. We need to put him like a treasure in our life. And let me tell you, Lord, I've come to understand when you are in my heart, there ain't nobody can take it away from me. Nobody. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. So, Father, today I pray that if there's someone in this building or wherever they may be listening to this, that they will give their life to you. They will ask you, Jesus, to come into their Continue praying.
Is there anyone here you need to ask Jesus into your heart? If so, I'm going to ask you to do just simple things. That's all I'm going to ask you to do, nothing else. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand very quickly. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to ask Jesus in my heart. Even if you're at home, just lift your hand. Say, I need Jesus in my heart. If you raised your hand, all you have to do is ask him. And he'll take residence within you. By faith.
God, that Emmanuel will come into us. Just as he came into this world, God, Emmanuel, still comes to us every day. So God, I pray that you will bless those that hear the word, that will receive the word, that will take the word, and Lord, be filled with the presence of Emmanuel. Now, God, bless us tonight as we come back together. Bless us, Lord, as we depart from this place. Bless us, Lord, with the sounds, with the sights, with the thought of Jesus Christ, our glorious God. Lord Jesus, help us to follow you wherever we are, whatever we do, as long as we have Jesus in our life, resident in our hearts, we are always protected, always loved, always, always abounding in goodness. Now, Lord Jesus, go with us in peace and give us, Lord, the abounding of your great love. Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Hope to see you again tonight.